Hello, and welcome to another episode of All the Webs a Stage, a short play podcast. My name is Stephen Thomas, and I'll be your host. On today's episode, our guests are Sonia Usher and Adrian Serrato, and we read plays inspired by tweets from at Manic Pixel Dream and at Marcus C. Vance. We have on the line with us Adrian and Sonia. Thank you both for joining me. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. We have been interacting thanks to the Heart Project, which is Yalmer's East Side Actors Repertory Theater. Did I get all those letters right? I think I did. But I'm going to start out with a question for Adrian, because even though we met through Heart, we it sounds like we should have met years earlier. Yeah. So Adrian, where did you go to college and what did you study while you were at college? Um, so I went to the University of Washington. I was there from 2001 to 2005, and I studied drama and philosophy. Great. And what made you interested in both subjects, honestly? What what in your education as a child led you to go, I want to get into acting and I want to get into philosophy? Okay, that's kind of a long question, but uh, <laughs> just go ahead and get into it. You can edit this later if you want. Sure. So I was interested in drama ever since middle school. My, my father, you know, <laughs> at that time was like, what are you going to do with your life? And, you know, in middle school, I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I guess I have to think about that now. And I <laughs> was honestly inspired by Jim Carrey at the time, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like, I just looked at that and I was like, well, I could do that. You know, like any naive person who has never attempted acting before would say to themselves. So I got into drama. Drama teacher was great. Uh, loved her. So that just made me want to keep going with it. When I got to high school, I didn't get any parts. Um, It was really hard. There was like a lot of, you know, good drama nerds in there. They were really good at acting. And I was just not because I had learned the Jim Carrey style of acting, which at that time was very comedic, but not necessarily (laughs) dramatically true. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) How do you mean? And so like, it was really hard for me. I didn't get in until um, my senior year into a play. And that was because they were short on guys, you know, age old story. Right. And so, you know, I kind of had an interest from that. And I just was trying out a lot of things in college. And I was like, okay, well, maybe math, maybe science. I was good at the maths and the sciences. And I got to drama and I was like, hmm, drama. And it was actually one of my TAs that clenched it for me. They, They were like, well, what do I want on my deathbed? Do I want all these like mathematical formulas or do I want all these works of art? And I was like, yes, I want those works of art. That is like absolutely one I want. And what I discovered about math is that math really stressed me out. And I was like, do I want to be stressed for the rest of my life working on these formulas? Or do I want to, you know, work on something I actually am passionate about? Philosophy probably actually ironically came from my physics teacher. I think he actually taught me more about philosophy before I even knew what philosophy was more than physics. He taught me more about philosophy than physics. And so I was, it was, again, in college, just something I tried out. And I was like, hmm, drama, hmm, philosophy. 
And I and I was like, you know, these are such uh, low credits for these majors. I can just double major in this. So I did. No minor. Double major. And I mean, on some level, at least with some theater, philosophy and theater can go hand in hand. Not for anything I write. I don't write anything philosophical, but it can. <laughs> no, it absolutely can. I remember a lot of the plays that we, or at least that I read in college, they, they had some philosophy that, especially... Oh, Stopper. Tom Stopper had a lot of philosophy oh, yeah. in his his plays. And every now and again, we would read a play and be like, it would talk about like so-and-so philosopher. I was like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. That's the guy that uh, does such and such and such and such. That's the guy that believes that morality is like uh, color. You just see it. You know it when you see it. And now I'm going to jump over to Sonia. Sonia, I know that you're currently living in the greater Seattle area, mm-hmm. uh, but I also uh, recognize that you uh, went to college quite elsewhere. So could you tell us about where you went to college and why you chose uh, to go to college in such an interesting place. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so I did grow up uh, in Redmond. I moved to Bothell for high school. And then I actually, in my theater department, went to the Thespian conference that was college auditions at Roosevelt High School. So mm-hmm. it was a whole panel of just different colleges all over. And I had to perform a song and a monologue. And one of the schools that called me back was Northern Arizona University. I remember going into the orchestra room at Roosevelt and meeting with my lovely, I love her so much, um, one of my teachers, mentors, professors, all that jazz, directors, Christina Gutierrez-Dennehy. And she sat down with me and she was like, you know, you can do another monologue for me or we can just talk. And I had another monologue in my back pocket. So I did it. And she offered me a scholarship to go to school there. And it is specifically an out of state scholarship that they give like one to four people a year. And it took care of my tuition. (laughs) So it was an amazing, amazing experience. I didn't visit the college before I went, but I ended up at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, Arizona. And yeah, it was a very, it was a very interesting experience because coming from Washington, uh, Arizona is quite a different environment. Mm -hmm. Flagstaff very much looked similar to Washington, but you know, I just learned a lot of different things about people and different beliefs and where we all come from there. Specifically, I was there from 2014 to 2018, which was, you know, the hot seat of uh, the 2016 election, um, Mm -hmm. which was super fun. But yeah, I mean, I majored in theater there and I ended up with a minor in sociology and those two much like philosophy and theater have really gone hand in hand. One of the things I learned there in terms of how to navigate my life and the rest of the world is kind of studying societies because we all come from different backgrounds and kind of trying to understand how the different backgrounds we come from go into the way we view the world. So yeah, I guess I kind of made it my mission with those studies as an actor to kind of really consider sociological implication in all the works that I've done. And it's everywhere. I mean, from Greek Uh, drama all the way up to right now, Shakespearean, all of it. There's always, always, always these different experiences that don't always get told. So um, it's kind of been my mission as an artist to kind of look into that and then um, portray that in my work to tell true and honest stories. So I learned a lot there. It was super great. (laughs) Sonia, for those of 
our audience that have never been to Arizona, I want, I was wondering if you could speak on the difference between Flagstaff and the rest of Arizona, because when I thought of Arizona prior to ever touring there, I thought, oh, it's all hot. It's all dry. And then I got to Flagstaff and I was like, hey, there's snow. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I did spend most of my time in Flagstaff, I think on a total of spending the rest of my time in other places in Arizona, I would give it maybe 30 minutes to an hour. I only was really in Phoenix because of going back and forth from the airport and shuttling and all that jazz. So it was very, I mean, it's very hot in Phoenix, very hot. Like if I spent more than an hour in Phoenix, I probably would die because um, I'm just not used to high temperatures. I mean, Washington, we probably don't get above 103. Mm-hmm. Then Flagstaff, you know, you're up in the mountains. The elevation is 7,000 feet. And whoa, I mean, it's, you've got trees everywhere. The Ponderosa Pines. I mean, it's, I saw snow so much. I saw snow in May. I saw snow September. I worked with people who had lived there their whole lives, who had seen snow in every single month of the year at some point. Mm -hmm. It's very windy. And it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, which is really interesting. But, you know, I'm, I'm from a suburb outside of a big city. So I kind of was like, oh, my God, I can't. Get, I have to order all these things online to get to me because I can't go pick them up in the store. But, yeah, that was a very interesting. Uh, Flagstaff is surrounded by native lands. And uh, there's a lot of there's a big indigenous population there, um, as I'm sure there is in the rest of Arizona. Um, I think it. I, I think it might be different based on where they're from. I know Yuma is very south and close to the Mexican border. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of culture there. We had a Native American culture center and we had a lot of cultural events in downtown Flagstaff. And it was it was really, really cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, now, because this is uh, primarily a writing, a playwriting based podcast, I have a question for the two of you. And that is how much playwriting have you done? And how much just general writing, writing have you done? And how much is that an influence in your life? I can start. So I, (laughs) I I like to say, I'll say that I dabble in writing. Okay. I'm uh, currently working on a couple scripts. One is a, is a, is a one man show. I'm using air quotes. It's a one man show, but it'll, it'll actually have other actors portraying other characters in it. So it's not really a one man show. And I, I called it Adrian's one man show in parentheses. Please don't actually call it that. So hopefully (laughs) at some point. And then I'm also doing a, a fantasy script, a, a satire on on fantasy, but also like fantasy in its own right too. As far as writing goes in general, I have like volumes of notes and ideas and, and quotes and characters, uh, things that characters will say or story ideas and plots. Um, I just, I really just need to sit down and set it all down. And that's what I'm trying to do with this fantasy script and this one man show right now. But I'm making slow progress and I need to, I need to devote more time to it, honestly. Gotcha. Cool. And Sonia. Uh, Yeah, I actually, I used to write a lot more when I was younger. My aunt um, is a published writer now, which is really, really cool for her. She's been doing it her whole life. Hmm. You know, the older I got, I was, I just got so busy and I was not able to really devote as much time to sit down and really come up with these creative ideas. A lot of my life in the past, like 
10 years, I would say, is kind of really trying to find where my creativity lies um, because I am primarily an actor. Um, I did take Screenwriting 101 my senior year of college just to kind of get my last credits in. And that was really, really fun. And I really enjoyed it. Me personally with writing, uh, I guess I, you know, it's, it's just, I try to not think of what other people are thinking, but I'm kind of fighting myself on that right now because it's between writing for myself and like writing for others. What I discovered this last year is where I fit most with writing right now is when I am creating my characters for shows and auditions and creating background work and all of that. I do have ideas on the table in my notes and I go back to them every few years. <laughs> I have one that's just been brewing since before the 2016 election because I was like, oh, this would be really interesting. What a will happen to America if Donald Trump was president? And then he got, uh, not, he was president. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'm primarily an actor and I really like to amplify other voices and try to bring what I can to the table creatively. Speaking of uh, bringing things to the table, we have two plays today, uh, and we are going to uh, decide on parts here in a second. We'll start with Wrapped Up in Your Work, because that was the first play I wrote. And this, first of all, let's start out with who this was influenced by. There is a tweet sentence in here from Manic Pixel Dream, at M-A-N-I-C-P-X-L-D-R-E-A-M. So thank you, Manic Pixel Dream, for influencing this play. Now, this was sent, Sonia, I think, sent the quote, yeah? Yeah. This one? Okay. So Sonia, I'll let you decide then first which part calls to you the most. Oh, I read these last night and I jived so hard with Archimedes. Archimedes? Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. So Sonia will play Archimedes. Uh, so Adrian, would you prefer Aristotle or Pliny? I would absolutely prefer Aristotle going back to the <laughs> Okay, so if you haven't heard the show before, for the two of you, I'm going to read the uh, stage notes that I think are important, but I keep the minimum for a reason. So here we go. Wrapped up in your work. Lights up. Interior storage unit. There is enough room to move around, but barely, as stacks of boxes line the walls. Two people are wrapping up boxes in gift wrap. <sighs> okay, that's, that's one, one down. down. How many, many more, more do we, we need, need to wrap, wrap up? You see, see those, those boxes? boxes? Yeah. That many. No. You're kidding, right? All of these? That's what the boss said, yeah. Wrap them all. And we need to finish this project... By the end of the day, yeah. Impossible. Maybe. Keep rapping anyway. Archimedes enters with stack of boxes. I come bearing presents! What in the... No, no, take those back! Where do you want these? Uh, over on that pile. Out of the storage unit, that's where. Back in a second. Wait, where are you? Archimedes exits. <sighs> where are they going? They should be helping us right now. Probably grabbing more boxes out of their truck. What?! No! This is ridiculous! I agree. And the boss will see that when we work our whole shift diligently and only wrap half of these at most. And how's the boss going to know we worked diligently, precisely? Because we're going to tell him. Why would he believe us? Because it's the truth? 
Archimedes enters with more boxes. More presents! Aristotle kicks over a stack of boxes. No! Take Take them them out out of here. here. No No more more boxes. boxes. Well, it would be the truth. If you just got back to work. Ari, what's going on? Are you okay? Of course not. Are you okay with this? Prepping presents? Yeah, I love presents. Then why don't you take over for me, because I hate it. You don't like presents? Harry doesn't mean that. Yes, I do. They're just... They're frustrated with the sheer amount of work that we have been tasked with. Among other things. What's going on, Aristotle? Why are we out here, Archimedes? Why are we stuck inside the storage unit? Why did the boss task us with a job so far removed from our day-to-day tasks? Gee, Ari, I don't know. I'm not sure I have those answers for you. I do, but you won't like them. You do? do? Uh, what's the reason? Ari doesn't want to hear it. Okay, then. Just whisper the answers to me. Look, I'm a little busy. Oh, fine. Come over here. Ooh, secrets. Fantastic. You two are treating me like a child. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Are you kidding me with this? What? What did Pliny whisper to you? No, Pliny's right. You... you're not gonna like the answers. This is ridiculous! Some co-worker you are. Eric, where are you going? Leaving this ridiculous situation. Enjoy wrapping all these presents! Hold on, hold on. I'll tell you what I know, alright? Will that make you happy? The way you two have been going on, it sounds like it won't, but... Go Go on, on, tell tell me. me. Well, you know how much you hate this, yeah? A whole ton, yes. Why? Well, the boss, they thought... Well, you've been saying some things about work, and... Well... Very specific so far. Super helpful. Saying things like what? Oh, things like, I hate this job, or I'm gonna leave this job, or... This work is beneath me. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like me. I thought I was saying that under my breath, though. Yes, well, you weren't. Ah, so this is punishment, then? Uh, not exactly, but kind of. What does that mean? The boss told me that this task might infuriate you to the point where you would like your normal job again. What? I said you wouldn't want to hear it. We're stuck in a cold storage unit wrapping stupid presents because this is supposed to make me happy about crunching numbers for hours on end? Not precisely. Oh, I'm sorry! What did I get wrong? Oh, hold on now, Ari. Don't yell at Archimedes. They didn't do this to you. I know that, but I need to yell at someone right now and you two are available. Take, take a walk, Aristotle. Clear your head, then come back here. Or don't. We'll, we'll understand. A walk? A walk. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's a good idea, Pliny. I'll... Yeah. Aristotle exits. Wow. That was something. Hey, what did you mean by not precisely, Archimedes? What? Oh, yeah. Well, Aries said we were stuck in this storage unit because of the boss. And that's not true? Well, the boss wanted us to be at my house. 
What precisely is wrong with your house, Ark? Oh, well, my house is filled with bacon fog. No. No, you, you, you can't... can't... That's, that's, that's not... not... You know what? I think I need a walk, too! Oh, okay. Pliny exits. Archimedes picks up one of the wrapped packages. Oh, hey, Pliny! I wonder if we were supposed to be labeling these. Lights out. All right. So that was wrapped up in your work. This was, again, inspired by Manic Pixel Dream, so thank you. And the sentence that was in there was, my house is filled with bacon fog. So again, Manic Pixel Dream, thank you for the influence. So we're going to move on now to the screening process. We are going to have three parts again in this show. For screening process, we've got Veril, we've got Jin, and we've got Haggis. Okay. Really, really, Steve. Okay. Adrian, since this is your play, uh, what part calls to you in this one that you would like to play? I would really love to play Jin. Jin. Okay. Sounds good. And then... Uh, Veril and Haggis, who would you prefer to play, Sonia? I jived with Veril. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, so I named myself Haggis. Fantastic. <laughs> so here we go, screening process, also written by Stephen Thomas. Lights up. Interior science lab. One scientist is looking at a computer screen while another adjusts various sciency things. Veril, a third scientist, enters. What are we looking for tonight? Same thing we look for every night. Okay, fine. Where are we looking tonight? Beryl, come on. You know the routine. Same every night. Move the telescope one sector, scan the sector for life, record what we see. Wow, you really have a knack for making our job sound boring. Yes, well, after 10,000 hours of scanning for things that don't exist, it can get a bit boring. You don't believe there's life out there? At this point, I'm having serious doubts, yes. Jin, you know as well as I that a lack of proof is not proof of the opposite conclusion. Yes, well, then, assuming that there is nothing out there, this job keeps going on to infinity then, doesn't it? We will never prove there is no life out there, but we are certainly aren't finding it either. W- what if... I mean, we don't necessarily have to find current life. We could find dead civilizations out there, too. Yes, but... uh, Oh, sure, we could find past civilizations, if they ever existed. But there is nothing. People have been searching for far longer than you or I, and we have found nothing. Nothing living, nothing dead, just nothing. You know, you, you rarely see dead bugs outside because other things eat them. Maybe that's why we haven't found any remnants of dead civilizations in space? Well, there we go. (laughs) That could be the problem. Lost to time. Great. Just great. Only two problems with that, Haggis. First, 
if the dead civilizations have been consumed, we still search for no reason. But the bigger problem is that if there is something eating dead civilizations, we should be seeing signs of those bigger creatures. There's always a bigger fish. Yes, well, great. I'll keep my eyes out for Galactus on these scans, but I don't imagine he'll show up anytime soon. What project are you working on, Haggis? Uh, looking over last week's scans. I thought I spotted something, but we didn't have any notes on it, so I'm having trouble finding where I lost the thing I thought I saw. We have to make sure we document these things, Haggis. Any anomaly, no matter how insignificant. Otherwise, this all is useless. It is useless. I I know, Veril. I I know. That's why I doubled back. Do tell me if you find anything, though. Of course. They're never going to find anything, you know. Yes, Jin. I get that you feel that way. Your deep-seated optimism is noted. I promise. Hey, look. Expectations need to be set here. And in this case, they should be pretty low. Jin, why are you here? Because it's my job. Yes, a job you hate. Go find another job if you hate scanning space so much. I don't. I don't hate scanning space. Well, then stop complaining. I hate pointless tasks. I would rather be detailing and documenting real discoveries in space. All we're doing is looking at sectors other people have already documented and trying to find things they didn't find because they don't exist. The job is the job. We cannot throw out all of our research goals just so you can go discover a new planet. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I just... Wait, what is that? What have you got? Aha! I found it! I'm not sure... I was looking at this spot right here. Yes, where there's nothing, I see that. Okay, so that's in... No, I know uh, there's nothing now. There was something. It was tiny, but there was something. Did it move? No, it just blipped. Blipped? It was in the spot, then it was gone. Blipped out. Here, here, Vero, look, I, I, I found the thing. Yeah, looks like a dot. Could be a planet, maybe a small star. That, that's a dinky little star, Veryl. Let me see. And, and, and if you compare these two pictures, one moment is there, well, then it's just gone. Just like my anomaly. How is that? Wait, it's back. Where? Right there. That's not where you pointed before. Yes, well, it moved. It looks like it still is. Moving, that is. Document this. I am, I am. We've got to call somebody. This is massive. Who do we even call? I, you know, I don't know. It's been so long, I've forgotten who we notify. Have I told you lately how fantastic of a team leader you are? Yeah, yeah, sarcasm noted. I'm checking the notes right now. You're still watching it, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we've got our eyes on it, Veril. Good, good. I love this job so much. Lights fade out. Okay. All right, so that was screening process. And I've got so, the, um, the quote and the, the tweet. Or... Oh, excellent. Who uh, who sent us this tweet? Who was the... Um, so this was uh, Marcus Vance, at Marcus C. Vance, is the sender of that tweet. All right. And the tweet sentence itself was, you rarely see dead bugs outside because other things eat them. Maybe that's why we haven't found any remnants of dead civilizations in space. 
So thank you, Mark C. Vance, for that influence. And Adrian and Sonia, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I appreciate it. This is the moment in which we normally allow for plugs and such. So starting with Sonia, do you have anything you would like to uh, plug here at the end of the show? Yeah, actually, uh, all three of us are involved in Heart Repertory, like we said, Yalmer's East Side Actors Repertory Theater. Um, We're doing a series of three plays coming up soon, soon, soon. So keep an eye out and follow at Heart Repertory on Facebook. One of them's written by our host, Stephen Thomas. (laughs) Anything else you'd like to plug here, Sonia? Anything, uh, personal website or anything? Oh, yes, yes. If you're interested in following me, uh, my Instagram is at Sonia.Usher. I spell my name S-O-N-J-A. My last name is spelled Usher like the singer. My website's SoniaUsher.com, Facebook, Sonia Usher, all that jazz. If you want to follow me on YouTube, Sonia Usher, I have a really bad username from high school. I need a little more subscribers so I can change it. Thanks. <laughs> I, I love the fact that your first thought is Usher like the singer and not Usher like the job. I... <laughs> you know, one time somebody told me I should get a job at a movie theater as an Usher. And then he was like, no. you'd be an Usher every day. And I was like, I already am an Usher every day. Yeah. No, y- so. You don't want that. I've, I've done that oh, job. Oh, no. You no. don't want that job. I, I like waiting tables. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Adrian, any plugs you would like to put out at this point? Um, so yeah, I've got my Facebook page, which is just Adrian Serrato. You can see my actor page and things that I have been keeping up with. I'm also on Twitter um, as Adrian Serrato or at Dio Sombra, D-I-O-S-O-M-B-R-A. And I'd also like to just put in a plug for my wife's podcast, my, my wife's witchy podcast, which is called Bonfire Babble, which you can find on Instagram and wherever you look for podcasts too. It's a really cool podcast. And if you're interested in these topics, it, you would be, it would be right up your alley. Thank you both so much, Adrian Serrato and Sonia Usher for being here on the show. I appreciate it. Looking forward to finishing off heart project plays that we've been working on. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. But for now, uh, both of you have a great rest of your day and enjoy this lovely president's day with all the snow. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Stephen. Yes, thank you, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And that will do it for another episode of All the Web's a Stage. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank my guests, Adrian Serrato, as well as Sonia Usher, for joining me today. Also, a big thank you to Manic Pixel Dream and Marcus C. Vance for the Twitter influences today. A big thank you, as always, to Colin Vance for the wonderful music you are listening to right now. You can find more of Colin Vance's work at colinvancecreative.com and thank you to Daniel Blue Rodriguez for the thumbnail artwork. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you can review the show. And please share an episode with your friends. Thank you once again for listening and we'll see you in two weeks with another episode of All the Web's of Stage. So that was wrapped up in your work. Which I apologize for having Euripides in there at some point. I realized, I don't know, three sentences in that I'd already used that name and I had to switch it to Archimedes. No worries. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on which part you were was supposed to be saying that line. Uh, <laughs>
And Sonia, sorry, I read, accidentally read your lines twice. I was like, Archimedes and Aristotle are very similar. And I was like, wait, that's mine. Oh, no, that's hers. It's fine. <laughs> uh, no, it works out. It, I mean, it actually sounded good enough. I might just keep it in the show. 